0: hi I'm back
1: Bella and um, welcome to another deliciously stellar podcast um, as you know I'm on a quest to get the glow and this time I'm still continuing with the dating theme as I ponder whether having a man in my life might make my life coming up I will talk to a psychosexual therapist about a new intimacy app
2: well I mean I'm not a dating coach but sex does give you that glow.
1: Plus dating columnist Dolly Alderton is back because she's the best and we had so much fun and this time she's going to be asking me the questions. What would be your last meal on earth? So I'm with my friend Kate Moyle she is a psychosexual therapist and she has very kindly invited me into her practice to talk to me today. So have you just been like doing your normal day to day stuff
2: today and now you're having me in
1: as a podcaster?
2: Exactly yeah so um Kind of talking to lots of different people all morning and then now here we are.
1: What a joy, what a joy to see you. So, can you quickly explain to me what is a psychosexual
2: therapist? So, a psychosexual therapist is basically a just kind of particular type of talking therapist. So, it means that people kind of come to you and the problem that they want to talk about is specifically of a sexual nature or you know to do with their relationships so I also see couples as well as individuals and it's basically just a safe space that people can talk about sex you know however small or big they think it is and how it affects their life because they go to someone who is comfortable talking about sex which obviously not all therapists might be.
1: So I'm on a quest in this podcast to get the glow, and I'm starting to think that maybe I could get the glow by having a better sex life. Is there any advice you can give me on my sort of approach to dating, how I approach men that could help me?
2: Well, I mean, I'm not a dating coach, but sex does give you that glow. I think um, we see that in like every film where people kind of have sex and then collapse afterwards and they've kind of got that exhausted glow about them. That's actually an oxytocin boost which you get after your orgasm, which is always nice. You see, I've heard about oxytocin. It's that cuddling hormone, isn't it? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. So you get it from skin-on-skin contact, from orgasm, from cuddling. So it plays a major role in mother and baby bonding, which is why in adult relationships you're also bonding with someone, so it plays a big role there.
1: Is there anyone who's actually, like, bottled this? Like, can you buy it? Can I give me an like, oh, I'm going to go into booze and get some oxydocin? No, and it would make millions, I suspect, if someone did. Maybe you should try it. I mean, I'd be, like, downing it. I'd be like, I never have to leave the house again. I never
2: have to try and get a boyfriend ever again. <laughs> I'm just going to drink this stuff. But then you might be, like, hugging the kitchen table or something. <laughs> oh, I'd be like that woman who fell in love with the Eiffel Tower. I don't even know if it was the Eiffel Tower. I think it was, like, a mini fake
1: Eiffel Tower. <laughs> quite probably. I imagine sexual relations with the mini Eiffel Tower would have been easier than with the large one.
2: Oh, I'm not sure it would be easier at all. Pointy. (laughs) (laughs) So pointy. There was a woman who
1: loved her radiator as well.
2: Well, it takes, you know, all sorts to find the perfect partner. (laughs) It definitely does. Maybe I should consider inanimate objects.
1: It might be easier for me to I don't know, because there would be no response. I could just do my jazz hands performance, that is, everybody listen to me, without having to get
2: a reply from the radiator. Or you could get a dog and then you might get something back from it.
1: So my friends and I are always like, okay, the ideal man, it's just funny and kind, funny and kind, that's all we need. And then we're like, well, you know, ambitious would be good as well. You know, and like, not like a troll would be good and then we're like right okay so you want someone who's handsome ambitious probably rich funny and kind yeah i mean that's fine i mean i tend to go for boys that are quite pretty but they tend to be quite weak like that's my type like my friends say that i like invertebrates and uh yeah my my friends refer to my ex-boyfriends as the pipsqueaks so there's like pipsqueak one pipsqueak two pipsqueak three (laughs) why have you brought another pipsqueak to the pub bella what's going on so one of the reasons we want to talk to you today is because you are involved in this exciting new app,
2: Pillow. Yeah. And I would love you to tell me about what exactly this is. So Pillow is basically an intimacy tool for couples. So it is about kind of putting time aside to spend with your partner, bonding with them in different types of intimacy. So eye contact being one of them, uh, non-sexual touch being another complementing so communication exercises so the whole idea is that it's putting that playfulness into well an app and we wanted to turn the idea of technology kind of driving couples apart so you know you and your boyfriend partner girlfriend are in bed together and one of you is on facebook and the other one's on instagram so you're bonding with everyone else outside your bedroom but you're not bonding with each other so we wanted to kind of turn that idea on its head and bringing your phone into your bedroom kind of being a positive thing. Well, my
1: flatmate refers to my phone as
2: the basilisk because I have real problems
1: sleeping. And she's like, if you stare into the eye of your phone before you go to sleep, you will not sleep. So she literally will not allow it in my room. About half an hour before I go to bed, it's confiscated. So for me, having apps in the bedroom, what well, past a certain hour, it's not a good idea. Maybe in the day, it would be good.
2: Well you could do pillow whenever you like it's not a it's not a specifically nighttime activity Um, I think it's good to not be on your phone in bed kind of staring into the bright blue light and then trying to go to sleep so the idea of pillow is that you start an episode you put your phone down it's on do not disturb and actually it just kind of delivers you the episode delivers you the content so it's kind of like um a follow-along podcast is the best way i know how to describe it and um the idea is that you don't have any interaction with your phone apart from the noise the voice is coming out of it you see that's really interesting because i use this thing called headspace to it's like headspace for couples yeah
1: so i use headspace for my anxiety and it's so so helpful so it's quite similar
2: it's kind of like a headspace for couples, yeah, exactly. It's about that particular couple spending time uninterrupted together, being mindful and in the moment and just appreciating the moment for what it is. And it's not a sex app, it's an intimacy app. You know, if you choose to go on and have sex after you've done an episode, that's your choice. But the episodes are all designed so that they are fulfilling. In themselves, and some of them are you know as little as four or five minutes, and some go on as long as twenty. So, it's completely up to you and your partner which you choose to do together. So, I think like that this intimacy app thing has become a real sort of thing in the past year.
1: So, Emma Watson has admitted that she uses OMGs. Yeah, she uses yep. OMGs, which is
2: an app I believe for helping female orgasm. Uh, their videos. Yeah, so you oh. get the videos and. It's an amazing product, actually, and it's about kind of teaching the art of female masturbation and, you know, techniques that will hopefully bring a woman to orgasm.
1: See, that is great. Also, I mean, this is actually something that I'm not sure I'm very comfortable with, but I read that there are now these orgasming classes where you go and a sort of an apparently neutral man will attempt to bring you to orgasm in a room full of other people and it's about a way of sort of connecting women with their ability to orgasm but I think that was the least likely environment that I would ever orgasm is in a room full of other women while men who are being trained to touch me but are not remotely interested in me are feeling me up.
2: Yeah I can't imagine it's for everyone. But for some people that might be exactly what they need.
1: I mean, for some people I'm sure it's great, but I mean, I've read about it and I was like, that is one of the strangest things I've ever read. I mean, great,
2: we're being more open. Very open. Mm. Mm. They do sort of, um, they do cuddling classes in Berlin. There was a cuddling app as well, which was like Tinder for cuddling. Someone was telling me about it the other day, how you could like meet up and have a cuddle with people.
1: I imagine that that got quite gropy quite quickly.
2: Okay. I mean, I was
1: saying to my radio producer earlier that everyone we've seen for me on Tinder just looks a tiny bit like an axe murderer. The kind of person you're like, I don't want that person to come over to my house when I'm alone. What settings have you got on <laughs> <laughs> Tinder profile? Really wide reaching. That's that's what's really wide-reaching. I'm like, maybe I should extend my age range just a little, just so I can see if there's any better options. I'm like, 58?
2: Probably too
1: far. Probably too
2: far. I mean, I don't support judging a book by its cover, but, you know, I think there is a level of appropriateness that maybe is about keeping yourself safe. Mm, Yeah, I think safety first. Safety first. That was another thing, is we felt like there were loads of apps that were about making new couples but not many that helped couples that were already together and the way Darren here as our founder describes it which is how I really like it is that it's a vitamin not a pill so it's kind of like a boost not a fix that's a really good analogy mm. that's really so good it's for couples that you know they've already got a level of security or intimacy or they're already together in some way or you know they might be really nervous about you know, being intimate for the first time together and need a bit of help, but there is already some kind of foundation there. Mm. Yeah, so they've sort of, they've found the person, but
1: they just need to...
2: Yeah, or a person that they want to get intimate with and they just are a bit nervous or don't know how to explore it or what they want to do. Well, that's so interesting. So do you want to tell me
1: exactly how you can get hold of Pillow what to do if you're interested in using it, etc. So
2: you can search for it on the app store with um, Pillow Play.
0: As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: Unfortunately, it's not on Android yet. We only launched it on Valentine's Day, so it's still kind of fairly new. Or the website is pillow.io or it's at trypillow on Twitter. Okay, brilliant. That is all really good. Well, thank you so
1: much for talking to me today, Kate. Um, It's been so nice to get out and about
2: and you've been really, really interesting. Well, I've loved it and I hope you find the glow.
1: So I want to tell everyone about last weekend because it was amazing. First of all, I did a gig and I was really terrified and it was an emergency free gig because I thought that no one would ever pay to come and see me because I was so pants. But this one, this one was fine. It was great. Like, there were loads of ladies in Breton Tops, which is totally my audience i accidentally said something racist which in my mind didn't sound racist at all and then i had to apologize for my white privilege on stage but it was fine like loads of people asked for a selfie at the end so i guess it didn't go that badly also a real sort of mix of like blasts from the past like a couple of girls from school like a couple of boys i hadn't seen for ages so it was nice obviously people are like oh you know we'll take a punt we'll go and see it um somebody asked for my number at the end he was like in a band. I mean, it was great. It was fine. It couldn't have got better. Last night, I went to a restaurant in Peckham and I got recognised by someone. And they came up to me and they tapped me on the shoulder and I was like, oh, I'm in your way. Sorry. And she goes, are you deliciously Stella?" I was like, yes. And then my friend was so surprised that I'd been spotted. She laughed in this girl's face. I was like, oh, God. Everyone was like, Emily, I can't believe you laughed in her face. I can't believe you laughed in her face. She must be so embarrassed. Like, you're the worst. You're the actual worst. Emily, my friend, who is giving a reading at another friend's wedding, and she's reading Aretha Franklin Respect. So it's going to go, what do you want? Baby, I've got it. What do you need? You know I've got it. All I'm asking is for a little respect. I mean... The thought of standing up in a church and going, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. I mean, it's going to be amazing. I've asked my friend Bassett, should anyone be stupid enough to marry me? Um, I've asked my friend Bassett to read um, Tom Jones' Sex Bomb in exactly the same tone. So it'll be like, spy on me, baby, you satellite. (laughs) Got the love to keep me going through the night. (laughs) Aim, shoot, fire. I'm so (laughs) excited. I think this is a brilliant new trend amongst my friend. I mean, apparently the first choice over Aretha Franklin was an S Club 7 number, Reach for the Stars. And I was like, "Mm." for my choice, it would have been don't stop moving to the funky, funky beat. That one, that was my favourite one. (laughs) Yeah, that would have been really good. So on Bank Holiday Monday, I went to Soho Farmhouse, which is like centre parks for posh people it is next level amazing. So first of all, we arrive and we park my friend's Ford Cat in between two like Range Rovers. Everyone's driving a Beamer, like everyone's posher than us. And we like get in and we are astounded by the glory. So first thing first, I get into a horse and a carriage. So this horse and carriage gives us a tour of everywhere. We get dropped off to play a bit of Crazy golf for like Okay, fine. I mean, I hate crazy golf. It's my worst because I hate being bad at stuff and I'm totally rubbish at crazy golf. So then we went to this like enormous sort of barn room, which has just been decked out by the most amazing interior designers. And there's like a sort of fire pit, there's a farm shop, they grow their own honey, there's a bee, like beehives everywhere. It's absolutely insane. They have a pool, which is indoor and then you swim under a window and then it's outdoor and then it's an infinity pool that ends at a rowboat lake so we rode boats we went everywhere then we went to this sort of like amazing secluded hot tub where my friend made me take 65 selfies until one of us looked attractive and I was like our hair is wet we are red from the steam this is absolutely not going to happen we're going to be disgusting I mean it was glorious we made friends with the man in the steam room who wouldn't tell us what his job was because he was probably so important it was the best place I've ever been I think I'm going to go back this weekend Last time on the Deliciously Stella podcast, Sunday Times Style mag, columnist Dolly Alderton joined me to talk about dating. She was really amazing. So I thought I'd let you have a second helping of her wise outlook on life. But this time she'll be asking me the questions. So do you not eat shit then? I mean, I do eat shit. But I mean, I love hula hoops. I do actually have a real bunch of pepperonis. But, you know, I could cook up a really nice, like, actually genuinely healthy meal, should I want to.
3: So did you learn about nutrition as well when you were at least?
1: Oh, absolutely not. It was just about making, like, bog-standard stuff that tasted nice. Also, at least you you learn to make things like shepherd's pie. You don't learn to make, like, quinoa or anything that has pomegranate in it. Mm. The thing that
3: I think I find, um, and I'm someone who's been on every diet in the world twice, I think, And the thing that I finally realised works for me is if I want to have macaroni cheese at the weekend, I would like to make macaroni cheese with four cheeses, maybe a breadcrumb topping, and make it the best, most indulgent macaroni cheese ever. And then on Monday, if I'm trying to be healthy, I would like to have a salad with some fish. What I would not like to do is try and make a macaroni cheese with pureed apple, and that be some sort of healthy compromise. I just don't understand why they keep making food out of other food. Like, you don't need to make pasta out of courgettes. Like, just eat pasta and then have courgettes on your healthier days.
1: Yeah, I know. I mean, that's what you call a cheat day, though, isn't it? They're like, oh, cheat day, having a bit more nut butter with my apple. I'm like, your life is so miserable. What's your most shocked you've been
3: at, at the most nonsensical food item that they've posted.
1: Um oh that's a tough one.
3: I've seen a blueberry omelette on there. That's
1: omelet. just absolutely disgusting. It's it's the, the ingredients like moon dust and bee pollen and like all those things that go on top of their porridge that don't make any sense. Or I go into Hondamera and it's like white maca chunks that cost twenty five pounds and I'm like, please tell me nobody thinks that these are gonna be remotely beneficial to your health because It's just bad science. Mm, mm. Like, I'm like, you know what? I'm sure you're nice, but you're wrong. And that's my problem.
3: (laughs) I'm sure you're nice, but you're wrong. That should be the name of your book.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My next one, my memoirs, I'm sure you're nice, but you're wrong.
3: (laughs) It's like when you're watching a a Pantene advert and they're like, you know when Jennifer Aniston be like, "Oh, watch out for the science with L'Oreal and then they'd start talking about peptides or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And mugs like me. Because, you know, I really did fall for the Deliciously Ella thing initially.
1: I mean, I my mum my has her book. Does she? Mm.
3: But it's it's I can see how, if you're someone who's ill-informed like me, if you have a beautiful woman and then they have a couple of words that I don't understand and they say it's because of this, I think I have such low
1: confidence in my own intellect <laughs> that I just I just agree and buy the thing. You see, the only reason I knew that it was bullshit is because my granny is actually a celiac. Oh, really? Uh, And she was the fattest person I've ever seen in my whole life. So I know that giving up gluten does not make you thin. (laughs) I think celiacs
3: have a real problem with the movement as well because I think it's sort of hogging. Their illness, which is debilitating, and using it, you know, the number of people say so that they're allergic to gluten, that aren't they just probably a bit too much pasta like the rest of us.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you eat too much pasta, you're going to get a bit bloated. That yeah, so everyone, yeah, but you're not dying. You know, if the senior, although you haven't
3: seen me hung over on a Sunday, when I've <laughs> eaten too much pasta, but I think I am dying. <laughs>
1: I once, I do this thing before Christmas where I try and stretch my stomach as much as possible.
3: For optimum. Yeah, for yeah. O-
1: optimum pigs in blanket consumption. Yeah. And one year, the day before, I ate a whole cabbage and I became so bloated that I could not eat on Christmas Day. Why did you eat a whole cabbage? I don't know. I think it was around. I was like, okay, fine, this will stretch. And then I was so bloated I couldn't eat on Christmas Day. I had to wear my mum's maternity <laughs> skirt. And my aunt gave me a packet of Wendy's and said, go to the drawing room and get rid of this by the time I'd returned there was no food and I cried because Christmas is not just my favourite thing in the whole world yeah me too I
3: ate 19 roast potatoes one (laughs)
1: year that's so good my brother and I once had a triangular sandwich eating competition at a wake because (laughs) we we believe you can't put on weight when you're grieving yeah I agree I ate 42 triangular sandwiches over the period of what of how long? Oh, just, I think, a couple of hours. We were just sat there going, oh, well, there was oh no booze gosh. there. Had there been, I would have been annihilated. <laughs> the sandwiches were all that was on offer. I only won because my brother can't eat cheese and pickle. Oh, I love cheese and pickle.
3: Yeah. What would be your last meal on earth? You see, it changes for me. Yeah, I think it's the most important question that you can ask a person.
1: Yeah, I think it would be like Chateaubriand and roast potatoes and béarnaise nice. sauce. What about for pudding? For pudding. What's my favourite pudding? My mum makes this thing called lemon crunch pie, which Mm. is essentially a base of ginger nuts and then a tin of condensed milk, Mm. a tin of cream, and a little bit of lemon. Oh, nice. Yeah, I love it. I love anything condensed milk based. It's so good. Such a good dairy alternative. so thanks for listening to the podcast again I hope you've enjoyed it if you do want to get in touch with me about anything please follow me on Instagram at deliciouslystella or you can drop me an email at deliciouslystellar at gmail.com